Hi everybody, welcome to the official RBYA podcast. We hope that whatever content we bring to you, whether it be messages or interviews or whatever else it may be, we hope that it would be edifying, that it would help you grow in maturity and in faith and the, in the knowledge of God. And we also hope that you stick around for any future announcements or updates. We hope you enjoy. I was 34 years old before I got saved. Let me tell you what that means in real life. I got skid marks I can't erase. And if you can, if you can get a hold and be taken hold by the Lord, when you get my age, you're going to be happier than you can believe. Because there's some stuff that happens in our lives that just doesn't want to wash off. And uh, my whole life changed when I was 34. In fact, next month on the 7th, I'll be 39 years old in Christ, and that's going to be a big day. I count it every year. I get two birthdays, and I count that one because that's the one that, that uh, actually I hit the wall when that day happened. I couldn't believe that God was real, but you know what I found out? He is. So you guys are blessed up. Wherever you're at and wherever you're watching, you're just double blessed to trust the Lord Jesus because he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. So we're going to open up. It'll be a little different. Uh, if you come on Sunday morning, I'll preach on you, and I'll lay it down. But today, I didn't really want to preach on you. I want to visit with you a little bit because when Val said what he was going to do, I said, well, Val, that's pretty close to impossible, isn't it? So I'm going to start out with something with you. You guys okay if I pray? Father, thank and praise you. Your goodness just abounds. Your love is so pure. And Father, what you have put into us allows us to love others. And Father, we come to worship you. I thank you for that worship team this morning, how precious that was. Lord, it was H-O-T. Bless it up now, Father, this time that we spend together in your precious name, over and over in your precious name. Amen and amen. All right, guys, I wrote some things down. In this, you guys okay with the new guy being here? You okay kind of loosen up a little bit because I need, some, I need some feedback. And when I'm preaching, don't say a word, okay? But when I'm doing this, you get after it. How in the world would you explain God? Do you have any unsafe friends? I always hope in a gathering like this there's somebody that may not be saved because at the end of it, I want to I show you one something from the very word of God, who he is. Think of one word. The first one to speak gets the easy word. After that, you're going to have to think a little bit. Explain God to me. One word. Love? Okay. How many? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He is omnipotent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Watch this, guys. I know things about God. 
but I don't have any words. Stay with me. I know more than I can put into words. And been a few years. I got some years on you. So a few years back in my 39-year adventure with God, I started to put some things to bed, how they say. I started to check it off. I started to say, and, and my deep theological answer to all the stuff that comes down is, okay. Okay. Pretty deep, huh? Okay. God is okay to me. But when I started that, and, and I went into that, and Val said, I want to do the attributes. So I did a I did the cheat sheet. I, I'm actually, you'd be proud of me. I can actually run the computer and get on YouTube and I can hunt in Idaho if I want or whatever I want to do. And, and so I got on there and of course Susie had to come show me how to print it. Don't laugh. Once she printed it out, I was golden again. And, and one of the things that comes on, and you get on that and be careful with some of that stuff, guys. Um, here's the answer. And I've learned that over the years. So when I sat down and it said, 15 amazing attributes of God, what they mean and why they matter. Now, I knew some of the authors in there that I'd read over the years, and I knew they were sound. I knew they were straight up, and they weren't bringing anything that might not be scripturally backed. And I will tell you right now, in your life in Christ, if what you say can't be backed by scripture, you ought to talk yourself into not saying anything. Because if Scripture doesn't back you, you're in big trouble. That's where they poke holes and say, yeah, but. And uh, so when we took, it th- took a look at this and it went all through there, it got down to something. Now, I'm high-centered. You're going to figure it out for the weekend's over on one, on one attribute, if you will. What is an attribute? An explanation, maybe, of who he is? But everything that you gave me. I would like you to add another couple words to it, explain what it meant. Amazing? Where's the, how, how, do you, how, how do you run that? How high do you run it? And, and here's where we're going. So what I, I hope to do with this time is, is get us to where, I don't know if I can sit, sit still. I'm used to one of these things. I look like Garth Brooks. You ever heard of him? No, that's good, brother. I'll, just, I'll sit still. I don't at home, but I can sit still here. So watch this. Did I do that? The one song you were singing there, and I thought I coined this because, see, I think I'm brilliant at times. I come up with stuff that I never heard of before, but do you know where you live, truly? Oh, I see. You're pretty. Oh, you're pretty. Hair's combed. You're all dressed up but you really live from the inside. And if you bang into each other enough as you go down the road of life, you're going to find out who that guy is. But you're going to find out because you're seeing him from the inside. And he's seeing you from the inside. Because the inside, you can't keep hidden. It won't hide. When Christ gets a hold and things start to roll, and you're not going to probably jump and shout, and maybe you do. But you're going to live from the inside out. And you're going to take some stuff about God and people are going to see him. 
And I remember before I was saved, I hunted with a kid. I run dogs. You ever heard of that? Okay. That's why I'm out of place when I come over the hill. You guys don't do a lot of that around here, but we're from the country. And, and hounds are, are a part of life, and, and you hear of bear dogs and coon dogs. You've red fern grows. Have you ever read that? Yeah. Now you're cooking. And that's what they do. Well, you're getting towards my area now. At the end of the day, when all of it's said and done, and you take your lifestyle, people know who you are. Well, I hunted with this kid for three years, and I wasn't saved. And I went to training on him. I taught him a whole new language. He's a church boy. You see, he was raised up. He had the blessing of being raised up. Raised by good parents, but not church parents, not in Christ. He, he grew up in church. He knew all the words. He could sing all the songs. In fact, the boy was a pretty good singer, and he could just light it up. Well, after three years with me, his wife had decided she didn't really care for me at all. In fact, at all. And it was getting to be a strained deal. We ran two, three, four nights a week. We'd work all day. And then we'd hunt most of the night. It's a guy thing. You're just driven to do some things that may look stupid to a lot of people, but they're really brilliant to us. And the strain that I put on that boy was unreal. But you know what? I never saw him crack. I never saw him come off his game. I never saw him leave the ground that God had planted him on. Oh, he let me train on him. He let me be the leader. That was silly but I had the better dogs. So he had to hunt with me if he wanted to catch stuff. At the end of the day, after it took that long for the Lord to show me something, at the end of the day, I said, you know what? He's got something that I don't have. He's got something. And it spun around in the back, and finally one day I went to him and I said, mm. I can't take, and he was a bigger man than me, and I backed him down his driveway with my finger in his chest. We were pretty country. Threatening him. I was just out of my brains. What? And I said, I can't be a Christian because I do this, and, and I do that, and, and this is the way I think, and this is the way I talk, and and I started laying him down, just going back, and he's going, he never seen me like that. And I said, invite me one more time to your church. And before he said, come on, I knew it, because I used to bring him home at 2 in the morning on Saturday night and then turn around and go back to the woods because the dogs were still running and, and drop him off. I didn't care if he was sleepy in church. I didn't care anything about him. I was doing something else. But he wanted to come home. I respected that. And I gave him my list of why I couldn't be. And he looked at me and he said, listen to me. He said, you're worried about the wrong things. What do you mean I'm worried about the wrong things? That's my life. He said, you're worried about the wrong things. Well, then I, I was out of words after that. and Couldn't say much more to that. So I went home and, and sure enough, I went to his church. Of course, it's at the back. That's what you do. 
when you don't want to be somewhere. You sit in the back. And uh, I, I heard the message preached. Figured out that, wow, God was real. And I made it three weeks, family. I made it three weeks. I toughed up. Oh, I wasn't going to roll. You see, because I had my list. And I wasn't going to let it happen. But the next week, my wife thought I, I thought she was going to have the big one. You know how I used to do that? She, I said, we're going to church. She almost flipped over. Three weeks I made it. And finally, I rounded the corner, and a pastor at that point said, what do you want? Do you know how brilliant that was? Because I had to tell him what I wanted. I didn't want to know anything else. I already knew something that I didn't have words for. He said, what do you want? I said, if this Jesus is real, I want to know him. Well, I got to tell you what, I came out that side, and I came down the deals now. Sometimes you grow up a little rougher than you want to, and in those days, you couldn't make me cry with a stick because we grew up banging on each other, and, and guys didn't cry. You know that rule. Do you know that rule? It's not true anymore, but now I can't watch old Yeller without tears flowing out of my face. But at the end of the day, I rounded the corner with tears running down my face, and I didn't care anymore. And he said, what do you want? I said, I want to know Jesus if he's real. We sat down and prayed. I thought there'd be sparklers or something, but nothing. But family, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is real. You know that already. Some of you got a chance to be raised in a home that says Jesus is real, and you got to watch your mom and your dad be Jesus in front of you in their actions. That is his. Go home and hug them. I still hug my parents, but they had no clue what I was doing. My dad thought I went nuts. Listen, from the inside out, you will live your life, and you are going to somehow get around some words. So the study today, or the the option today, is you tell me what, how is he self-existent? That's that's the first one that these guys put down. God is self-existent. Poor Reuben, I jumped him this morning at breakfast, and I said, okay, bud. What's that mean? And then you draw the blank. Duh. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Because I don't know. But I know. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. What is self-existent? He's always been? Where'd he come from? Do you really, family, do you really need to know? Will Will it change anything? In your relationship with him. Well, I'm not setting aside the question. I like to have, I like to know where A starts and where Z ends. And I like to kind of get an idea of where I'm going. I've never been much of a haphazard guy. I can fly by the seat of my pants and I can get in a hurry and get things done. But you know what? If you give me a chance, I'll figure it out and make my steps count, do all that kind of stuff. And I thought that I needed answers to all this. And I got my big word. Okay, he's self-existent. Where'd he come from? Okay. How long has he been here? And I'm not cutting short on you. Okay. He is. You good with that? You're going to work around it. I'm going to get down to one if I don't burn up all my daylight here. I'm going to get down to one. Number two, 
immutable. Do you know what that means? He never changes. What do you mean? Well, to start out, you've got to figure out what he is and find out that he's not going to change. And I think all this stuff builds on each other, so he's, he never changes. You say, okay, that's pretty cool. And then you go down through and you find another one. Let's just rip through them real quick. Number three, he's self-sufficient. He has no needs. He has no needs. If he did, he'd create them. Self-sufficient. How about number four? They wouldn't print out on the same page, so I've got to hunt for them here a little bit, so hang with me. Omnipotent. What's that mean? Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Do you know what potent is? Power down, baby. Potent? Something's potent? Okay. He's all-powerful. Can you beat him? I'm going to share something with you. I was in Montana when I was up there cowboying for a summer and wrecked my life. Uh, my dad was a rock hound. And so because I was having issues through my misspent youth, my family decided to send me with my dad all over the western United States looking for rocks, which at the time wasn't what I was planning. But So they put me in, you know, mate, I had to go. That was the end of that discussion. You're going with your dad. Well, up there in the middle of Montana, we're out there in the middle of nowhere hunting rocks. And we come back, and you can only carry so many rocks till you're tired. And when you're not wanting to be there, it's not many. And so we're back, and we took a little nap and ate some lunch, and we were going to go back. And, and, and this, uh, we're by a railroad track and had probably one of the best bird dogs you've ever seen or hunted behind. I mean, she was a crackerjack. She didn't miss. And My dad's going to be nice to the kid, and he gets up, and he's going to go back and get another load. Well, I didn't, unbeknownst to me, because I fell asleep. My dog followed him. They had to cross the train trestle. And I hear it, and I go, ah, this train woke me up. And I'm thinking, and I looked over, where's my dad, and where's my dog? The train, trestle, the train caught my dad and my dog about halfway across that trestle. My dad jumped off the tracks and grabbed one of those. This was, now you got to go back a few years at your boobies. This is one of those train trestles that had the great big beams. I mean, these things are built so the train can cross it over the river, and it was pretty good distance. Well, my dad jumped off, and, and I started running. I found it. My dad just got back on the track. He had slivers all over him. My dog didn't make it. I did the dumbest thing I ever did. I squared up with Almighty God. I didn't even know him then. I was 17, 18 years old. I squared up with Almighty God, and I cussed him. And I put the finger. And I mean, it came completely untrained. And you know what I found out? He can take my heat. I can't take his. Buried my dog and went on. And I'm sorry for some things in my life. And I've apologized over and over. But at the time, that dog meant more to me than he did. True story. And I wasn't saved till I was 34. 
So I went a lot of years in there with a grudge. I went a lot of this. I went a lot of that. And you know what I found out? That a lot of people are packing a lot of stuff they don't need to pack. And when God is all-powerful, he could have stopped it. He could have done this. He could have, he's all-powerful. He could do whatever he wants. And I explained that. I don't know. He didn't. But he's all-powerful. And I've got to where I just can't hold anything against him. You know why? Because I can't take his heat. And it wouldn't do me a bit of good if I explained to him. Now, I've tried to counsel God a little bit. Haven't you? Lord, wouldn't it be good if you did it like this? Haven't you done that? Isn't there something you thought should have happened different? You said, you know, Lord, if you would just think about it, you'd see it my way. You guys don't do that. Okay, well, it's not going to work, so just cancel it then. If you haven't ever done it, don't do it. It's, it's not going to change anything. How about this? Omnipotent. He's all-knowing. What could you tell him? I figured out the best two words in my life were, yes, Lord. You want a third? Yes. Yes, Lord, yes. As you know. Remember, you're living from the inside. How about six? Omnipresent. Now, here's one that, how can he be here and be there? And, and over here. Ever thought about that? How does he know when I'm praying on the side of a mountain up there and you're praying wherever you're at? How, how does that work? You're quiet. I'm looking for answers today. I came to see what you have to say. We're going to stay through, and we're going to get to it. How about seven? Hmm. I don't have a problem with this one as much as I do the other ones. God is wise. When I was a kid, I would, I would love, and we did a bunch of leather work and everything because that's what cowboys do. I built a saddle even and stuff like that. And I sat with this, to me, he was ancient. I mean, he was older than dirt, an old man. And to listen to him talk about how he grew up and, and the stuff he experienced, I thought, wow. See, I couldn't turn to that page because I didn't grow up when Stockton, California had dirt for streets. You, you can't beat time going down the road. And he'd tell me things, and, he'd, and he did it in such a way he wasn't telling me things. He was just sharing a life with me, and I got to glean out of that. And I would sit with him, and we'd peck on that leather and make little designs on it and do all that. And I would sit with him until I gleaned some wisdom. And as I, watch this, as I sit with the Lord, I figured out, you know, he's wise. Oh, my, is he wise. So that's an attribute. How about number eight? God is faithful. Has he ever quit you? I'm not going to ask you if he's ever had a reason to. He wouldn't take it. You monk around all you think you need to monk around. I'm going to tell you it's not brilliant. God won't quit you. Now, we've got a little saying in church that goes like this. Well, first of all, it starts out like this. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
And uh, does any of you here, maybe this is out of your era, does any of you here know what, if somebody takes you to the woodshed, you know what that means? You don't, do you? Anybody? from the co- <laughs> Okay, I don't want to hear the stories. The old saying was, boy, meet me in the woodshed. You weren't gathering wood. The next thing you heard was drop them. Oh, crap. Do you know what I'm talking about? A whooping. It's not child abuse. It was child training. And some of us may have needed a little more than others. Today, I'm calling somebody. Stop it. I, I counseled through that with a whole bunch of people. A little kid that needed a whooping. Called on his daddy. And his daddy got to go to anger management. I prayed for the kid, because I knew his daddy, (laughs) to go to the woodshed. God is faithful. You may get to go to the woodshed, but it's not because he doesn't like you. It's because he loves you. He said, you need just a tad of adjustment here, son. Let me adjust you. Drop him. And I'm glad you're this generation, because this wasn't that much fun to go through. Better to pick up wood when you get there than to deal with your parent that you just fouled up. How about nine? God is good. Do you guys do that? Do you do that saying? Oh, you know it though? I say, God is good. Okay. And, and then you're supposed to say, all the time. Oh, come on. I've got a little age on me. I can't hear that good, and I've got to be in, okay? God is good. All the time. All the time. I, I want to I show you something. God is good. And then some. God goes over the top on everything he does. God is good all the time. And then some. And then some. And that, family, is where it starts to get right. Oh, another one. Ten. God is just. He's right. I guess we probably wouldn't be truthful if we said at times we didn't question that. Probably wouldn't be completely truthful. But he's just. Now watch this. This is where it's going to get Western when you start to think like this. Does that give him the right to judge? Can he judge fairly? You're wanting to say, yeah, but you, you need to think about this. That's an attribute. He is just. That means he has the right with all things added that he is correct in his judgments. How about 11? Mm, you'll like this one. He's merciful. You girls probably didn't do this, but gentlemen, when you were little, did you ever put that arm behind the back and, and make somebody cry mercy? You, ever, you probably never did that. You were nice young men. You probably didn't scrap much in school. We used to go to school and be glad to get home without a shirt torn, and your mother would say, what happened? I don't know. I don't. Just fell apart. <laughs> Skid marks up and down your body. Mercy. Did you ever watch that movie? 
that made him cry mercy? The little Scottish boy? Oh, you guys, okay. Well, the deal was, when you cried mercy, that meant you were in a begging position, and no man would cry mercy. You'd die. But God is merciful to me. In other words, he gave me what I didn't deserve. I deserve judgment. But he gave me mercy. That's an attribute. When you got that guy's arm bent up behind his back and he says, mercy, you're supposed to turn loose and not break it. And that's what it means. Uh, who said love? Didn't you say love? God is love. That's an attribute. What kind of love? You love your dog? You got a dog? Cat? You can love a cat. Never mind, I'm sorry. I've got cats. I see them once in a while. They've got a job. I've got a barn full of hay. Actually, they look like Garfield. They're pretty fat cats because I don't feed them. <laughs> God is love. Now, I'm going to try to put something together for you without wrecking what, what the idea of the attributes is. But like I say, I can get a little analytical, and I like to have things lined up a little bit. Now, I say okay to the all-present, all-knowing, all-wise, and I say that. But then when it gets down to the living part of me, you see, I live in love or not. I'm not talking what you like. I'm not saying what you like or what you dislike. That's two different things. I'm talking about an inerrant, inherent love that can't be wrong. That's bigger than you ever thought it was. Number 14, God is holy. Now, why in the world they put that at 14? I don't know, because that's my number one, baby. <laughs> God is holy. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Somebody needs to start waving at me when we're getting short on time. Because this is, like, hard to explain to start with. How much? Okay, cool. God is holy. Define holy. Exactly. Okay, you do it over here. They got that one right. Define holy. 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 Huh? Okay, it means to be set apart. Huh? I'm sorry. Pure? Pure. That's not how I say it, but you can say it that way. Pure. Perfect. Without sin? And then you need to define what sin is. Sin just means... Did you know that sin was an archery term? I didn't know that. My son had to call me one day all excited. He was watching the Olympics. And they're shooting the long bows. And some guy missed. And they hollered back, sin. So what? Sin simply means to miss the mark. Well, outside of Christ, you miss the mark. Before Christ, you never even hit the target. 
So sin, holy, 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 can't have a miss in it, or it wouldn't be holy. That's an attribute of God. You mean he never? I can show you where he says he's holy, holy, holy. You guys sing that song? Well, that's a bell ringer. That's a good one. Okay, team, learn that song. Where's the worship team? That's a good one. It'll make you cry. Oops, I missed 15. 15 says, I guess I cut it off. Okay. 15 amazing attributes. You'll have to make up your one. I don't have it. I probably turned the computer off. <laughs> All right, guys. You start, you, you start to get the idea of something. Have, have, you got, have you got some unsaved friends? Do you? Okay. Because I'm going to suggest to you that if you don't, you go get some. Well, be careful. You hear what I'm saying? You will not, well, you should not and will not do what some of them do. That's what my buddy did with me. You will hold your ground within the presence of the Almighty God that called you out of darkness and put you to light. You will hold your ground. I love our church because we've got carpet squares. I help lay them. And, and your square is about 18 inches. You know, you put them down, you turn them different ways so it makes your design. And I will jump off the little stage, which is about this high, and lay. I said, that's mine. Get your own. That's my ground. That's my ground. And when we come in the back of our church, you come in out there where the chaos lives and the coffee and all that stuff, and we don't do coffee or food in the church. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But with the new carpet, we decided it's not. And so I played on that. I said, let me tell you what. When you turn around that corner right there, when you come in there and you turn that corner, you're stepping on holy ground. Because what's going to go on in here is all about God. and Nothing else. Nothing. I'll eat my biscuit out there. And I'll drink my coffee. And I'll go with the best of you. But when I turn that corner, ladies and gentlemen, I figure I'm on holy ground because it's all about what we're doing in the Lord. It's all about study. It's all about prayer. It's all about worship. It's all about God. So we made that up, and we got a little sign, please, no food and drink. You'd be surprised how people can't stay with a simple rule, but we've got drink Gestapos at our door. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, but uh, you can't have that water in there. And she said, but I got a sore throat. I did go home. Because <laughs> I don't want it. Not quite that radical, but semi-sort of close. And so we don't do it. And that was just our body, our little thing that we put together. Holy. Set apart. You're right. You got your phone on? You got your Bible app? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, please. I want to show you something. Because I've got to know what you're going to do with this. 
I need to know what you're going to do with 1 Peter. Val said you all are studying in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, I think, now. You'll get your bell rung in every book you read in the Bible. But 1 Peter, uh, I fell in on something a few months ago uh, that actually after 38 years has rung my bell. And I think, I think I've ducked this. Not on purpose. You don't duck God. But it never rung me. It never, it never brought me to my conscious knees, if you will. Look at, look at 1 Peter, and I, I know it's, you're not just supposed to read one verse, but you, I trust you to read ahead and read behind. Look what it says in verse, in verse 16. It says, For it is written, Be holy, because I'm holy. What you going to do with that? And a lot of times, and I'm just going to talk about me because I wouldn't insinuate anything about you. A lot of times it says, be holy because I'm holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that row over there. Or, you know, it's you guys. Yeah, be holy. What's the matter with you? And I just took, and I never realized how perfect that verse is. Be holy because I'm holy. Now, when I went back, let me run back just a little bit. So I, I kind of line it up like this. God is love. I'm going to give you that. God's salvation. God's what, all the things that you say. But if God wasn't holy, that love wouldn't be worth beans. If his love was anything short of holy, then you've not been loved. You see, he's holy. That way he loves. That perfect loves sends mercy. That mercy brought grace with it. That grace bought a switcheroo inside of me, and who knows how that happened. That gave me faith. Though I can't explain who he is, I know who he is. And it's on the inside. You see, and I lined it up like that. So the first thing for me, if God wasn't holy, how could his wisdom be worth paying attention to? You're probably not supposed to do that, so forgive me if I've crossed a line with you. Take it as it comes on the page. I know how you do. But I tell you, he's got to be holy first in my world or I can't come to it right and I can't receive what he's got for me correct. And I thought that was pretty profound. And I realized something. He said, be holy because I'm holy. And you know what, family? That's not an option. Be holy if you have time. And I know you're busy. You're in school, sports. Is there any sports left? Is there any school left? Okay. Well, you learn more at home anyway. And if you have issues, come to the ranch. I can train up on you. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. That school of hard knocks, you've heard of that? I got a class open. 
It's, it's called Ranching 101. Go out there and get the cow, son. <laughs> they don't want to come in. Go get them, son. Here's your horse. At the end of the day, you're going to be wore out, but you're going to know something. My wife made fun of me the other day. I didn't think it was right. <laughs> she, we're out, and she goes with me now when I take the dogs out. And so I've got six hounds running in front of me. Now, I do, I, I fudge a little bit. Every one of them has a color. There's the blue dog. He's got three collars that are blue. And, and on my little control, there's blue. Do you know what I mean? You ever heard of that? It's not inhumane. It's the humane. They mind better than most people's children. These guys will come to it and come to it in a heartbeat. So I'm out there wondering, and she, here's what she says. I might, one dog stopped, and he threw his head up like that, and I said, don't do it. She says, my goodness, after 57 years of hunting hounds, she said, you're starting to think like a dog. I said, honey, that's a compliment. Thank you. You see, because dogs do what dogs do. Did you know that rabbits do what rabbits do? The only wild card in this thing is you and I. Christians. Oh, holy called Christians are to do what holy called Christians are to do. Now, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. And, and Val, don't light me up. It's not about the do's and the don'ts. It's not about that. Hear me. It's about you coming into the presence of the holiness of Almighty God. The do's and the don'ts will take care of themselves. Hallelujah, every time. Should I do that? You know better, you knucklehead. Let that go. And there it went. You see, the holiness of Almighty God. I, even if your mind can't get around it, there's something happened to you when you trusted and received the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is. And I doubt if you saw it coming. I would love a, a time to share with you, and it's going to be short on time, but Val said he could get me aboard. If someone, if someone, let's go back to the original. I'm going to stop. I know where I'm at. If someone says, one of your little pals says, what do you got that I don't? Proper English says, what do you have that I don't? But if you talk like that, when you go over the hill, they're not going to understand you. What do you got that I don't got? Well, I, I, I know Jesus. Well, well how, how do you do that? Well, where are you out with Scripture? No one comes to the Son except the Father draws him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the privilege, the right to become children of God. I, I got all that. When they come to you and they ask you something, what do you tell them? Family, this is, this is as big as Dallas. When, when, when they come to you and want to know something, what they've done is just, the, the Lord has just broke them in front of you for them to even ask that question. They're not making fun of you. They may have in the past. Oh, holier than thou. And all the stuff that people say to us. See, I thought it was so weird that Gary wanted to go to church on Sunday when it was a good day to hunt. Why did you do what? What's the matter with you? Come to find out what was the matter with me. 
Now, that's past and before, dark to light, all the things. But what do you do, family? What do you do if one of your buddies says, what, what happened to you? You know what's fun about speaking? You get to ask the questions. You know what's not fun about hearing? I'm expecting you to answer me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a puzzle, huh? You're going to love them. You're going to show them. In fact, I say, listen, I just, you just go down the road with them and show them Jesus if you have to use words. Usually when you start with the words, it gets confusing. Just live a life that you know in Christ. You can't really live above your head. You can't really live above your faith. You can only live to what you know. And if you mess up, you just may get a little woodshed experience or a little training up. You say, I don't think I'll go there again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me tell you who saved you. That holy word fits perfect. So when he says to be holy, because I'm holy, I'm going to give you a definition of holy that I just learned not too long ago because I didn't know how to answer it. Oh, I say without sin. But you see, I never thought I was a sinner to start with, and then once the lights turned on, I said, oh, my goodness. I can't even explain sin other than to miss the bullseye, and I use a target thing because I, I like show and tell. When you sit down, when you sit down to make, to make a move in your life and, and bring it to fruition that you're going to be somebody and they want to know what you're doing and you tell them his name is Jesus, that's as far as you can go because the Lord has got to come and get on that. And I pray that they watch us go down the road. And they, see us, they see us on our pretty days. They see us on our days we're not so pretty. They see us when we got to pain. We may have had some, you know, I just lost probably one of my better friends in life. Talked to him that night, had a big plan to do something. He laid down on the bed and woke up in heaven. And I said, hallelujah, Stan, got to, got to go home. And that's the way I look at it now. Stan, got to go home. But you didn't want much to do with me because I was brokenhearted. I mean, I was a mess and I got to do the sermon, the service. And as long as I could keep Stan, seeing Stan and, and all the goofball stuff that we did, and he was a dedicated, locked-down, get-her-done Christian brother, then I could be almost jovial. If I saw me without Stan, game over. I don't even want to get out of that. I just, I'm just bummed. You know how you get. They see you in those days. The world sees you. Better than that, our Lord sees us. Because he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. You good with that? Ajax doesn't wash him off? You okay? So you and I are the show and tell for Almighty God. And so I go down the road, and, and sometimes if I have to, I use words. But most of the time, I just try to show. I've... Oh, I thought they were coming for me. <laughs> Drag him out. I don't know how we're doing on time. I don't want to worry you out, guys. Uh, and we get one more session. So I expect you to tell me what you'd like to think about, talk about. Let me tell you, though, what holy is before we quit today.
the definition that rung my bell, conformity, watch this, to the moral precepts of Scripture. Big words, huh? Conformity. Conformity to the moral precepts of Scripture. First Corinthians, you're going to get all the all you want in First Corinthians. Paul actually writes every letter he writes the same, only a little different. You're going to get the moral precepts. Do you know what moral is? Scripture says don't live an immoral life. I'll give you a little country cheat sheet. If you never want to be wrong, just do what's right. We've got a little saying in our church. Kiss. I'm not talking about a smooch. Of course, I was kissing church where I come from, in the hugging church. They think they need to hug their pastor even if they think they're sick. I said, thank you, I need that. Kiss. Keep it simple. Don't say it. You don't know that saying? Keep, well, it's a different saying. Let me finish. Let me say it right, okay? Run with this from now on, bud. Keep it simple, saint. That satisfied the S in K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, saint. If you and I can keep it simple, then you can say there's a big difference between moral and immoral. I'm not going to need to come up here and tell you what immoral is. That's not my job. My job is to remind you and myself at the same time who I am, whose I am. And, and did you read that first Peter, verse 16, chapter 1? Be holy because I'm holy. Do you realize that's not an option, family? Do you read that? Listen, when you get, is anybody here uh, 30 years old? When you get 30 years old, I want you to change your ways. And I want you to head for holy. What? I'm talking right now. I'm talking the day of salvation. And I'm telling you, I think I ducked it, thinking it was bigger than I could get a hold of. And then when I figure out that I can't get a hold of much anyway, I said, I can do that as long as you tell me to conform. Now, have you ever had to conform? Where's the National Guard guy? This guy? Yeah. Thank the Lord. I grew up in the day when it was when it was an amazing thing to serve our country. The Marine Corps decided that they would conform me to a new standard. And they took me, a wild little knucklehead. I had skid marks down my side. I got bucked off. My foot hung in the stirrup, and the horse drug me down the road for a ways. And about two days later, I went to the Corps, and they thought, ha, huh, tough guy, huh? And I said, pretty tough. And then they worked on me. I said, sissy, sissy, leave me alone. Ow, that hurt. Call boot camp. And kind of like God, you just know not to mess with that guy. And I figured in my heart of hearts that I could whoop him. In fact, I knew I could. In fact, what got me through was when it was over, I was going to whoop him. The things he did to me were not good. 
but he conformed me. He conformed me. He, do you know what imprinting is? You do it with a puppy or a pony or, okay, imprinting. You take them when they're real little, and you do certain things. So they, you, you take a dog, you turn him upside down, you put your finger in his ear, point him down his throat. He goes, okay, I like it. Until there's nothing you can't do to that dog that he's not trusting you to be okay with. That's called imprinting. You do it to a horse. You've been imprinted. In, in public schools, part of our issues is we've been imprinted. We've come off of our patriotism. Is this country worth staying in? And if you don't think so, let me give you a ride to the big bird that flies out of here. Bye-bye. And I'm not being cruel or I'm not, I know it probably sounds like that, but I was trained not to burn this flag. I was trained to give my life for this country. Do you know what a Marine is? They're the bunch Here's your gun, son. I want you to run up that hill. There's some bad guys over there. Take them out, and if you have to, we'll, we'll come. Okay. <laughs> and off up the hill. How did I do that? They imprinted me to the part that I was wanting to go. Listen, family. Listen to me. I'm not telling you. I'm just going to say this isn't an option. You and I get to be holy because he is holy. And anything out of holy is off of the standard. Not guilt. It does guilt up on that stuff. You get to be holy. You don't have to be holy. There's a woodshed for you. Because God loves you so much. That love is holy. He loves you so much, he's not going to let you monk around and bring shame on his face. Uh-uh. You are not your own like you were born your own. You are not any more your own. You are bought, paid for, in full, no payments left if you're in Christ. That, brethren, is Scripture. And as quick as we get a hold of that, put that away, imprint, then you realize, and it stopped me. And I used to tell my kids when they're growing up, remember who your daddy is. And I'm not talking about the pastor. Because when they left my side and drove off in my truck, I said, you better remember who your daddy is and what your name is, boy. So I raised boys, and their mom kind of raised them rough. I was the gentle one at home. And, and so when they were going out, I knew what they were getting into. Cute little buggers, but they'd come home with skid marks on them. I said, you remember, you remember who you are. Bring honor to this family. And family, I just spread that and open it up like this. We got to remember who we are. And option A is no option at all. Moral conformity to the precepts of Scripture. Now, you're going to study. Hopefully, Always. You don't need a preacher. Sorry, oh, Val's not here. Good. You don't need a preacher to tell you what to do. You need a cheerleader like me with pom-poms. Hey, be it, do it. To be who you already know you are. And I'll tell you what, 
we're in a really a strange time in this country. I've never seen it in 73 years. I've never seen it. Of course, the first few years, I didn't care. But since I was paying attention, I've never seen our country go like this. I've never seen anybody disrespect this country. This is the country that has always stood out. This is the country that people have always come to. We came from Ireland. Why did we come here? Why didn't we stay over there? Because our opportunity was better here. This is America, family, and I'm not just making you an American. I know that, that Romania is your home ground. There's nothing wrong with Romania. Why did your daddy come here? Why did we leave Ireland? Why did my folks leave Texas and all my kinfolk are over six feet? What happened? If they'd have stayed in Texas, I could have been full grown. The standard you and I face today is almighty. Well, I gave you 14 attributes, but I'm going to trot number 14 to the top. Holy, holy, holy. Questions, thoughts? You guys are amazing. Amazing. Too much? Not at all. But you kind of let it settle. You can't probably do it here. I got, I'm one of those guys that I'm smarter tomorrow than I was today after I thought about what you told me. Well, that's what they meant. I wish I could catch it right up front. But after I lay down on her and sleep on her or something, I wake up and say, so that's what he's trying to tell me. So I'm praying for you tomorrow. But what do you think? Val, Val's not here. Is the question and answer time right after the speaking time? Pardon? Oh, some refreshments now? Good. Okay, after refreshments, you'll have something to say, won't you? So go uh, refresh. And uh, I'm out of words for now. Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak, and thank you for the love in the room. Thank you for good, your goodness, Father, and thank you that you are the standard that we measure up to. <clears throat> Lord. How amazing you are. I love that word. Over the top. And then some. In Jesus' name, bless up the meal to our bodies. Light up our spirit in such a way. Holy Spirit, fill us to the top. Let us overflow. So when we go out, people will wonder, what in the world? And we can tell them, it's Jesus. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' precious name, amen.